The Smallest Woman in the World by Clarice Lispector coming up for discussion today. Yeah, get your tissues ready, people. Clarice, don't pull no punches. Oof, love this story. (laughs) You've read a lot more Lispector before coming to this story. Do you feel or notice a difference in the writing style in this piece as opposed to any of her other writings? Definitely. This one feels more honest. Oh, really? Yeah. I I almost had this sense that it was even written to be a little bit more clear. Like there's a lot of clarity as opposed to a lot of the psychological diving, that it's more of a traditional narrative even, even as well. Did you get that sense at all? Oh, it, you mean like it's less uh, stream of consciousness. It's definitely more straightforward. I guess that's what I meant by like it. it it's a clear narrative, whether the, there's less interpretation in this one and mm-hmm. more clear. It, it's very dry, like. Not, not, I'm not explaining myself well. It, 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 she has a point to this story and less of let you make up your own mind. She's saying this is the way it is for my interpretation. Yeah. I was uh, reading her biography and they talked about in this part that, you know, she had written in some letters that she was feeling frustrated because like the Brazil literati were kind of forgetting about her. It had been a decade since she wrote her first major work, which kind of blew up. And this was her first piece for the Senor magazine. And I guess at the time, this is kind of interesting, you didn't edit literature writers in magazines. Like that was like a no-no. Like what they gave you is what you published. But that but this is Senor, right? Like this is a new magazine. And I guess like they did start doing some editing. I'm assuming like the fact that they put this note here right as they're talking about the story, it kind of implies that. And I wonder how much of this is partially influence you know the launch of a new magazine and and an editor influencing her that she did try to write perhaps for a specific audience might explain some of the clarity oh that's very important i did not know that about that this was a specific new magazine okay that makes sense then so maybe it was tweaked a little bit i like it either way it's been translated three different times into english since then so it's kind of it's kind of taken off a little bit for her so i think she's doing okay (laughs) she doesn't know that but okay (laughs) (laughs) all right so to me there's kind of like a few movements in this piece right for me the first is like the explorer the second is kind of like i would say a general population reaction and the third is we get to actually see little flowers perspective a little bit more as well so in the beginning we learn that this this french explorer is going to Somewhere is Africa, and I think they. She he ended up in East Congo, was it? Where where he finds, you know, he's on the hunt for the smallest people in the world, essentially, and that's when he finds Little Flower, this girl of a particular area in uh, Africa, and she's the smallest human to have ever existed, right? And he he dubs her Little Flower and has her published picture, you know, sends it off, and this is all, I don't know. There's I, th- I think there's an obvious initial reaction of colonialism. Right. There's I'll leave a link to an article down below where apparently the explorar, like that verb in Portuguese, translates, uh, I guess, both to explore and to exploit. Right. So so you kind of have to have at least somewhat of a colonialism initial reaction here. And that's on purpose. Right. And they are using specific words that are, I think, trying to be raw and draw out these emotions from you because there's really nothing positive about the 
exploration of the African scramble as Europe is going in and exploiting all the natural resources. And most importantly, and I think this is crucial, and I think this is what Clarice is hitting home on for me, is what I took out of it, is the people were exploited. And mm -hmm. in that that's all negative. There is no positive whatsoever. There, there, for me, that these people were taken advantage of. And, you know, they take a picture of her and they put a picture up, uh, you know, and they probably use like a derogatory term like pygmy or something. And, and this was to, you know, sell newspapers. And I, I think that that's, you know, where the, the story for me kind of hit home. Yeah, I think that's fair because, I mean, if you look at what the explorer's doing, he's classifying, right? Like they say, like the face, black, nose, what they say, broad, something like that. Like, like he's classifying things for the sole purpose of saying, how are they different, right? And have you, have you ever seen the movie, uh, was it called Up by Jordan Peele? Yep. Yeah, so great movie. It, so to me, yeah, so to me, that movie's all about the chase, the spectacle, right? Seeing the thing that's never been seen before, getting the eyeballs, if you will. And a lot of what that was, to your point about publishing in the newspapers and using those charged words, is getting the attention, right? Like, oh, what is this? Like, And that's why he went out there too, right? He's looking specifically for the smallest person in the world. And it's all about that repurposing of something that is to turn it into a commodity to sell to people back home, right? Like that, that's, I think where a lot of that creepiness feeling might come from. And two, they're also trying to differentiate between the peoples. These people do not look like us. And that's the easiest thing to create a discrepancy of people because you can have similar beliefs. You can eat similar foods. You can dress the same, but if you look different, it's always, it is different then. It's that alienness of somebody. And it's easier to exploit them and or hate them if they are different. How did you take the second part, right? Because this is where we meet the woman, like we meet a couple of different women, but we meet reactions from the general public. And you have that one woman that looks at him and she's like, oh, I, I would, what's the quote? Just imagine her serving dinner here at home, right? It's, it's repurposing for how we live, right? But if it was just that, like that's so that's so easy. Right? Like, oh, that's bigotry. Like, oh, that's that's, you know, not seeing someone for who they are. That, that that's really easy to write about. But Clarice kind of like colors the water a little bit where she starts pointing out how like there's these animalistic desires from the woman like how she's just like, well, my son would be the exact same, but that's why I clean him constantly because cleanliness is what, what separates us from those, those savages is what she's thinking. And she's almost facing this element of, hey, I have more in common with them than, than probably at first you might think. And she's trying to separate herself, almost trying to separate herself from her more naturalistic way of being, I guess I would say. Right, and... The explorer, uh, Pietre, um, he's greeted openly, which I think is a shock to him. And he's given love and kindness. And he's like, uh, this is not going to work because it's hard to be mean to somebody that's nice to you. And, and I think that's something that, you know, we, we see with Little Flower of being genuine. And I think that that is something that is kind of trying to be combative here in the story. 
I wonder what it is because, you know, you have, you almost have like a juxtaposition where in the second part we, we, we bring up real briefly how we can, we can hate people so quickly and want to hurt them like mentally, right? Like we'll think like when we get mad, like, like we imagine ourselves hurting that person or the carnalistic desires to take someone that you're just enamored with or, or infatuated with, right? Like these, these desires that we have come first a lot of times and the logic, the society, all the ways that we try to dress up so that we can live cohesively, like that comes after the fact, right? And that's what we, we laud. We talk about these morals and these virtues that are sometimes in combat with those initial desires and carnal ways of being that we grew up before we kind of developed this social contract of how we should behave. And what's interesting is we would almost like naturally say like, oh, these people are so civilized because they dress, they clean, they, they do all these modern medicines, but they hate each other. They're vicious, they're mean. <laughs> and Little Flower, what's her initial reaction to your point? Like, she's open, she's caring, she wants to learn more, like being open and honest like a child. It's It makes you wonder who really is, you know, the vicious of the two. And, and you know, those that are quick to love, like, seem to be a little bit more, like, I don't know, those are my people, those are people I'd want to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, my interpretation of it was that Clarice, in my view, was taking that almost a an early capitalistic kind of look at this really if the europeans are you know uh, the the explorer pietre is very materialistic and little flower is is not and that she cares more about you know people's feelings and all he cares about is what can he gain from this yeah well he's even mistrusting like why is she being so nice to me right like she must have some other motive and that's the point, right? Like, like a lot of us have dressed up and have like separated our, our carnal desires with like this, this higher state of, of civility, if you will. Um, I, I guess one thing that we can maybe talk about too, is that at the end here, we have the old woman that's like reading the newspaper, right? Yeah. And about it, little and flower. She closes, and she closes it and says, because look, all I'll say is, God knows what he's doing. What do you think about this ending, right? Like, I think we can both agree that you have old age coming in with her wisdom at the end. But how do we interpret this line? I, I want to think it's hopeful. Uh, it, it's hard not to be, uh, I don't know, skeptical um, at this point in the story. But I, I would think that somebody sees it not for what the explorer intended it to be uh, because everything's open to interpretation, right? Uh, how you read the story is different. Maybe how I read the story, or how one of the viewers read the story, but the old woman reads the article and she chooses goodness over exploitation, which I think maybe for me, Clarice is saying there is hope even in the darkest of intent. When we look at how, Clarice almost kind of explores that I forget the the term for it, but where God has become part of part of nature, right? Like where nature is God, he's a state of being with the world still. Do we interpret God's natural giving, openness and kindness 
there with little flower who hasn't been perverted by man's desires and man's way of conflating and uh, mixing desires with, with what's right and what's legal, I guess, sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. Well, man, I think about like, is her, because she's excluded from the populace. Does that give her innocence? Does that give her not being part of the norm of the social contract? Does that give her exclusiveness or inclusiveness uh, to just be like, oh, I don't know any different? Interesting. Well, I mean, she she's not she's not the first writer to do that, right? Like we talked about that with Tolstoy and War and Peace, that when you took someone out of the city, out of the hustle and bustle and the drive to get ahead, and you let people just be, sometimes they're a little bit more holistic is one of the stereotypes, right? So when you have a person compl- completely divorced from the resource drive game, can they potentially have a more naturalistic and at peace way of living in life? I'm not saying they're right, but I think that's how some people look at the the city and rural and disconnected life. Oh, and that kind of brings us back to the idea of, you know, that God is connected to the land and the rural lifestyle and that maybe the more you're entrenched into the city lifestyle, less godliness, you know, and and you're not going to have that, you know, little flower lifestyle. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. I mean, <laughs> you're certainly going to be forced to lie a lot more when you're around a lot of people in the city, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, not if you're Crypto Nuna. We just tell it straight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll leave a playlist to other Clarice Talks down below. What did you think of the story and the interpretation? Let us know in the comments down below. My name's Manuna. Peace. Peace.